Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Dog days of August. Burr. With Whitey Gleason. Burr. Dub G, Evan Giddings here on 95.7 The Game. Do you have any dogs, Whitey? Yes, I have. Uh, we have, Shinya and I have a dog, Moby, who's going to be, gosh, he's going to be 12 pretty soon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Moby, the uh, yellow lab slash, I don't know, mix. It, yeah. And you always grew up with dogs? Yes. Well, you, yes and no. We had dogs some. We had rabbits. Yeah, but okay. love dogs. Well, because I, I heard this theory that you're, you know, you grew up, you're, you're either a dog person or you're a cat person. And that kind of defines, you know, what kind of caretaker you are. And I I grew up with cats, so I'm not really sure what, you know, what kind of the the, the dog people where they could but my brother right now has has a dog that I, I thoroughly enjoy being around. Uh, his name is Tuna. And sure. He's a, he's a spaniel mix, can't control his tongue, has no teeth in his mouth. And sounds like quite a dog. He he absolutely is, and he is he's very much he's a very lovable guy, very lovable young young pup. Um, but he is he is on the young side. He's very antsy, has has a lot of trouble, you know, kind of figuring out where he's going. He just so he's just so excited to interact with everything, mm -hmm. uh, which is what the Giants have not been as of late. They have not been exciting to interact with, except for yesterday. Finally, some semblance of life from the San Francisco Giants. They beat the A's in. Well, game three, game one yesterday of this now Baybridge series. And we've been discussing here, Whitey, just where we're at with the Giants right now because they're past the deadline, not a lot of movement. You don't now have that August window to be able to go out and acquire players that you that you used to be able to. This was kind of the time where you know the, the rich get richer, the guys who are in contention, the teams that have a chance to go out and win in October would go out and add a piece here, add a piece there. Kind of the way that Farhan approached this deadline, and that seems to be the way that they're going to be approaching this offseason. And so my question to the people, 888-957-9570, is if they have maybe a lackluster, a, a smaller, not a headlining offseason, are you going to be excited about the Giants moving forward? Can you be excited about the moving forward? Because I contend that you can. Because... To me, a big reason that we feel the way that we do about this season and kind of the disappointment currently being three games under 500 is because of the expectations that last year brought. Mm -hmm. And it seems like so long ago, doesn't it? 
And this year's kind of a reset year, whereas next season, even if they don't add a big boy, it's like, all right, well, we're back to you know kind of the ground level as far as the Giants are concerned. Uh, some great texts on the text line. We appreciate that. Comcast Business text line 888-957-9570. Some really interesting thoughts comparing Farhan to if he ran the Warriors, things like that. I think this is this is uh, going to be interesting to follow, Evan. I don't know how this is going to work out. Let's say the Giants, as the, as the offseason starts, let's say that it appears they may have a somewhat reasonable shot at Judge. But let's say they know that we ain't going to get Judge. So do you then publicly pursue that to show your fans, look, we're in, even when you think we don't have a chance? Or are you better off if that's the situation, just saying from the get-go, look, it ain't going to happen, so just deal with it? Is there some value, uh, given the way this season's gone, in at least showing your fans, hey, we're in on, on, on Judge? I think they have to at least give that impression because people right now, so many people that we talk to, that we hear, and we're saying it ourselves, so many fans right now feel like they just don't want to spend the money. Somebody on the text line says, Farhan will never spend, uh, he'll never give five years to a pitcher. And I think that's right. And I think perhaps that's prudent too. But Aaron Judge, I think it would benefit the Giants to at least give the impression to the fans, we're pursuing Judge, we're in on Judge, even if they don't think they have a realistic shot of landing him. Well, let us know if that'd make you feel better. If the Giants at least come in second or third for a guy like Aaron Judge, or according to reports via Jason Stark, they're in as players on a Shohei Otani potential offseason acquisition via trade. Seattle, Los Angeles, the other two places that Otani reportedly wants to play because he's more of a West Coast guy. So if if the Giants came in second for Shohei Otani, you think there's some value in that moving ahead to at least you know, give something to the, to the fan base to hold on to because the one thing that they've lacked this year has been aggression. The one thing they've lacked a lot in the Farhan tenure has been aggression. That that to you would, would give you some sort of, uh, it, would, it would make you feel better if they came in second for a guy like Aaron Judge. I don't know. The benefit would be not in how you finish, but just in, in trying to give the impression that we're in it. We're in it because, you know, if, if it depends where he goes to. If he ended up, and I know it's one of the teams you mentioned, if he ended up going to the Dodgers, oh you know, and the Giants, hey, we were in it, but we lost him to the Dodgers. Uh, that's 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 not going to help. Uh, I just don't know how in the world they would have the pieces to compete for Otani. That's why I think free agency is the way for them to go if they're going to try to land a star. Because how were they? What were they in the Soto sweepstakes? Second, third? I think they were a DNF. I think they were. <laughs> they never made it to the finish line with the car on fire. You know, pit crew having to come out. DNF in the Soto sweepstakes. Yeah, in the seven oh seven Comcast business text line, they were just they were second on Harper yeah. and Stanton. Mm -hmm. And and maybe it's because of those two preceding free agency possibilities. But that's why I just feel like they're kind of in a lose-lose situation no matter what happens. I mean, obviously, if you go out and get judged, that, that solves everything. But That's what I'm saying. Solve everything. But that's get unrealistic, Whitey. They're not going to get Aaron Judge. Why? I know, I know you you're a dog right. person. You're a dog. I, yeah. Why? You may be right, but why, in your view, is it unrealistic? And I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm just asking why you say that. To acquire the services of Aaron Judge. Yeah. Because he has accomplished so much in a short period of time in a in a singular spot
that happens to be the most storied franchise potentially in all of professional sports. He's beloved. He seems to be, you know, pretty good guy, large part. The market is better for him as far as expanding not only his, you know, his on the field brand, but also off the field opportunities in New York. And unless he unless he really is just a small market guy and, you know, happened to be acquired by the Yankees and and that's just how that goes. If if he does want to come to a small market or smaller market, San Francisco makes sense. I just don't see the the Giants being able to outbid, most importantly, the team that throughout the years has been unafraid to go out and pay guys for what they've done, even if it means they're not going to maintain the 50 to 60 home run pace each and every season that judges this year. If the Yankees are willing to assume that risk, you pointed out earlier how, when we all know, you have a long-term contract for a guy like that. What is he? Is he 30 now? 30 years old. Yeah. So, okay, if you give him a 10-year deal, at the end of the, by the end of that deal, you're going to be feeling it a little bit. If the Yankees are comfortable with that risk, the Giants can be too because financially they are they are a team now that can af- afford to be wrong on some of those deals and there would be all the benefits they get up front. The only reason I think it's even remotely realistic, perhaps, because uh, I understand what you're saying and you're right, of course, but if it's similar to the Barry Bonds deal where Barry, ha- you know, he was from here, his dad played here and he wanted to come to the Giants. Um, if it's similar to that, and I don't know that it is, but Aaron Judge from the area has professed his you know boyhood love for the Giants. I think he even has said, I still watch the Giants. If he wants to come here, if he really does want on some level to come here, I think they have a shot. Now, I don't know. I haven't spoken to Aaron Judge, but I do think it's not totally ridiculous if on some level in his mind he still thinks, you know, I'd like to, I kind of, I really would like to go to the Giants. I think the ballpark may be the biggest issue there for a home run hitter. Especially one that plays in in a bandbox. I mean, yeah. he, he can kick a ball out to right field at Yankee Stadium. His primary power alley is kind of left center to right center, which that's happens why, to be the deepest part of the park in San Francisco. That's why, and I know you saw the tweet because you 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 liked it kindly. Um, someone that JD Davis home run uh, Thursday send that to Aaron Judge. Make sure he sees that opposite field home run that JD Davis just hit here. The one that he snuck out. Yeah, <laughs> like, I couldn't believe that ball went out. Well, he. He didn't sneak one out yesterday. He went dead center yes. off uh, midway up towards the suites at the Oakland yes. Coliseum. That yes. was extremely impressive and something that Aaron Judge could absolutely be doing. Then the question moves for me to, all right, well, are you willing to overpay? Because to me, that's... They're not, but they should be. And and that's that's where a lot of fans are, I feel like. And and if if you want to get into the conversation, please do 888 Because they can afford the A's, of course, can afford it. Yeah. But the Giants can afford to do that. They can. And and I think you not only you're paying or overpaying potentially for, for services, but in a weird way right now, you need to pay for for some identity. Yep. Like like I like Aaron a guy like Aaron Judge brings a certain brand of baseball that that you can identify yourself with, he automatically brings something to grab onto as a fan and say, this is what my team does. And again, I don't think that they'll be able to get him just because the Yankees also see the value in that. I mean, right now he is... But he's a free agent, so he's free to go where he chooses. That is true. And, and the or que- he will be. And the, yeah. and the question is, will he choose? Because he he's going to have, I mean... 
multiple, probably hundred plus million dollar offers, if not more. I just I just don't see him being able to walk away from the allure of the Yankees, especially if they make a deep postseason run, which they're poised to do. The only and we, we we toss this around a little bit. I could see him if 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 you know if he doesn't perform well in the playoffs, maybe New York turns on him a little bit, and maybe he doesn't you know like that that type of limelight. I also look at a guy like you know there, there there's a manager out there named Dusty Baker, mm-hmm. though Aaron Judge has discussed his his love for his affection for growing up. The Yankees would love that, wouldn't they? That <laughs> Aaron Judge of the Astros, woo. Well, but Dusty, how many home runs would he hit in that ballpark? Oh, he would. Well, actually, so I think Houston's the only other place that has a, a similar uh, vicinity or length as far yeah. as you know, right field, left yeah. field dimensions, and, and yeah. those those. Oh my gosh, those box seats in left field that are like three fifteen down the line. He would destroy that train if they still had a train. If Jose Altuve yeah. is hitting thirty plus home runs in Houston, Aaron Judge would probably be able to equal the amount that he's doing right now. Yeah, he had ninety. I'd, I'd put him down for ninety. How many home runs? How many less? <laughs> I put him down for ninety home runs. How many home runs? How many fewer home runs do you think Oracle? An Oracle version of, of Aaron Judge would be at. Well, to that point, thank you, Don, on the text line. He says, there was a stat cast of Judge's home runs this season about a month ago. Only one would not have made it out of Oracle Park. I probably should double check that, but I trust Don. So, okay. Um, so that would be my answer to you. But based on what my friend Don and SF says about stat cast, it'd be about the same number of home runs. Don's big friend of the program. So is Bobby in Oakland right here on 95.7 The Game. Bobby wants to talk about Giants and the looming free agency, a big free agency upcoming here this offseason. What's going on, Bobby? You're hey, on Bobby. with Whitey and Evan. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Good, good discussion. Hey, um, you know, Overjudge, the guy I want is Trey Turner. I know that's going to be tough in my hearing. He wants to go back east, but let's get into a bidding war for Trey Turner. And the reason why I like that idea, he not only solidifies your defense, he's played in his park, has good offense, and then you can fill your roster with guys who have an edge like Brian Saban used to pick around around him, right? And you, I know we'll, we'll have a, a good pitching staff. I'm not I'm not excited about signing Rodon because of the injury history. Get you a couple pitches, maybe you bring up Harrison. But if the guy I want to trade turn, I think he will do a lot more than what Judge necessarily. I know Judge can hit the home runs, but he hasn't played in this park and. He's a 30, who knows how long he's going to stay healthy from that standpoint. But Trey Turner's the guy. I want to get your opinion on that. Trey Turner, we appreciate it, Bobby. Thank you so much. Trey Turner, also about 30 years old. I think he's 29 right now. And my question then would be, okay, well, so if if Trey Turner is is an acquirable target or, or is a guy that the Giants should want, well, why didn't they go after Trevor Story? Last offseason. I think they did. Um, no. Yeah. He, he went to the Red Sox. Yeah, and they right? came, yeah. Up, came up short. Yeah, I think they Yeah, I think they did pursue Trevor Story. Um, I love Trey Turner. And I to me, Evan, I know you played baseball in college. To me, a, a shortstop's almost in some ways like your point guard. Yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, if you acquire a great shortstop, it improves your team in so many ways. So I'm with Bobby on that. But I've heard the same thing that Bobby said. Uh, I don't think Trey Turner wants to play on the left coast. 
So if that's the case, and, and you know, as I say, Bobby pointed it out himself, I don't know that the Giants have a realistic shot at him. Uh, forget the other factors. If he doesn't want to stay on the left coast, then I just don't think it's realistic. If that's true, and I, as I say, I've heard the same thing Bobby's heard. No, it could be. I mean, Trey Turner is a is a fantastic player. Oh, yeah. And, and is a guy that could, you know, be the next shortstop for the Giants for for five seasons. But if it is true that he's not really looking to play out of the West Coast, you know, you're going to have to look somewhere else. And I, I I don't know how much longer Brandon Crawford has in the tank. And Marco Luciano, baby. Maybe not next year, the year after. But one of these days, that's the plan anyway. And the Giants right now... I mean, people have talked about the, the 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 importance of the spine of the infield, right? So your catching position, shortstop, second base, center field. The Giants right now kind of, and not by any fault of Crawford's, just due to injury and him being older, they've kind of lacked at all three of those positions this entire season. Uh, Joey Bart is, you know, supposed to be, in my mind, Joey Bart is more of the bridge to the next big catching prospect that the Giants have coming up as opposed to being the answer at that position, despite him hitting you know, five home runs in the last seven games or wherever he's, he's been at since he's been recalled, especially yesterday. Yeah. Big hit for the Giants. But the shortstop position, that's one that they're going to have to solve. And I I don't think it, it, it can't be to me, all right, we're just going to rely on the Luciano because what if you don't hit on him? I mean, they need to find at least someone that can that can be a, a productive shortstop for the next couple of seasons. Trey Turner would I, I would love to have Trey Turner at that spot, but this is also the question too. If if you're going to come play on the West Coast, why what what is it about San Francisco that is yeah, that is question. alluring? That's a good question. Somebody on the uh, text line asking why? How come free agents don't want to come here? It's a great question. I do think the ballpark probably has a lot to do with it. You've also got California taxes, right? I mean... San Francisco is an expensive area to live in. Yeah. Uh, how about this? And I heard this from from Mark Willard. I heard on uh, listening to him, and I'm in for Mark tomorrow and, and Tuesday with Dibs. Seiya Suzuki, who came over from Japan to play for the Cubs, did you hear why he didn't want to come to San Francisco? This is This is what Mark Willard explained. Apparently, he he and or his wife saw something on TV about crime in the streets or the homelessness, and he just decided, oh, I don't want to go to that city. Interesting. Yeah, so you, you just, it, I'm sure that's not, that hasn't been the compelling reason, but there's no question um, that the Giants have not had a lot of luck when it comes to luring the big names to come to San Francisco. I think the ballpark has been the biggest thing. That too. I also think just the fact that there are a couple of other slightly better destinations on the West Coast. And San Francisco is, is an amazing city to live in. I love living here. But if you have, you know, the the combination of LA with, you know, the, the chance to compete for World Series titles year in and year out, they're not afraid to pay you. And now even the San Diego Padres have a destination that for people looking at, you know, kind of smaller markets. If you're a big market guy, you want to go to the West Coast, the place you want to be is LA. But right now, the the Giants in San Francisco are kind of jockeying between even a place like Seattle for being a spot that you would want to be in. I mean, S San Diego is is a place where, you know, right now, you you got the combination of Soto, Machado, Tatis, 
Musgrove, Darvin. There's a lot of big names on that team. And even though they... Hassan Kim. You didn't Hassan Kim. Outstanding shortstop. And, of course, what once was Eric Hosmer. Yes. And, I mean, I'm just looking at other cities along the West Coast outside of San Francisco and saying, well, why... Why, why are the Giants all of a sudden, like, why should they be better? I know, I know San Francisco used to be and, and is still seen as a historic city, a tourist destination, all of these great things. But as far as sports are concerned, they're kind of even if not even below some of the other spots outside of Los Angeles. The other thing is, this used to be talked about a lot during the Candlestick days, the terrible weather. And I know it's better at Oracle, and they've done a great job with the baffling to, to make the winds less of a factor. But it still gets really cold there, right? I mean, they've had so many magical seasons that people focus more on what goes on on the field than the other things we used to talk about when the Giants were trudging through some terrible seasons at Candlestick and it was freezing cold. It still gets really cold there. It's still San Francisco at night. And I'm sure that's also a factor for some of these uh, free agents. I don't want to go there. You, you mentioned San Diego. It's pretty nice down there, as you well know, Ev. Nice ballpark. A um, lot of excitement down there now. So that's another another negative when it comes to trying to lure free agents here. And I do know the Giants have made some slight adjustments to Oracle trying to make it more of a hitter's park in recent years. You know, they've moved center field in. They, they've yet to get rid of, of course, Triple's Alley, which is iconic. But they, they've tried to do some things to at least increase the what's called the park factor to make it more of a, a middle-tier ballpark to hit in. And again, look, I mean, the Giants have have hit home runs this year. They're not lacking necessarily in power. And that's probably going to be the pitch to most free agents that are concerned about their numbers dipping as they get later into their careers. So, okay, actually, this ballpark, sure, it may not be Houston. It may not be New York. But it's also not candlestick or what it once was where the wind just whips back in your face and right. you're trying, like, triples become singles. Uh, I would also say this. You asked earlier what would be your priorities, and I'm all in on judge. They do need to address defense next year. And I know that, you know, bringing in Aaron Judge doesn't make you necessarily a better defensive team. So it's two different things. I recognize that. But next year it looks like there are going to be limitations on shifts as baseball is trying to have more balls in play, which apparently they do this year with the different baseball. And I think the Giants have really suffered because of that. More balls in play puts more stress on your defense. And next year, if you have fewer shifts because you're not allowed to shift, that's going to put more stress on a defense that is flat out hard to watch sometimes. So that's definitely something they have to keep in mind. That isn't necessarily something you address by signing a big-name free agent, but it's definitely something they need to upgrade in the offseason. Yeah, the defense has been a big issue. Situational hitting has been a big issue. Situational pitching has been a big issue. And we'll see, depending on the future, how the shift affects that. One of the big changes this year was the DH entering the NL. And one of those DHs that the Giants have used quite a bit recently, Yermin Mercedes, per Susan Slusser, it looks like Yermin Mercedes is getting optioned today, so they will be without him Really? Um, that 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 just came in from from our producer Brian. We appreciate the news. That is the update per mm-hmm. Susan Slosser. Hmm. I have to say that surprises me a little bit because it seems to me, and I don't know what his numbers are, but he's been somewhat productive and has given them pretty much exactly what you would hope to get from your mean Mercedes. Well, and and maybe they are moving towards a defensive-minded lineup approach. I mean, we saw them trade Darren Ruff, whose bat I I thought was pretty valuable in the lineup, especially against lefties, but defensively left something to be 
uh, wanted. Jeremy Mercedes the same. If he's in as a DH against left-handed hitters, he can give you some pop. But in the field, he kind of scares you a little bit. So he does really scares you. <laughs> quite scary. I mean, I'm sure he would say that. He's like, look, I never claimed to be a Gold Glove winner. Well, no, he's, he's scared. Oh, sorry about that, Evan. He's hitting 243 with a 695 OPS. So it has to be the defense. Well, I mean, a 695 OPS yeah. isn't anything to, right. to write home about. Yeah, those numbers were not, I think they were higher. They're, those aren't great numbers, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's definitely come down off off the high horse he was on. But also, he's midseason acquisition. But, th- but that's kind of where we're at with the Giants right now. And and we had a discussion uh, on Steiny and Guru a couple days ago in our, in our pre-show meeting. And it's, okay, well, like what what's the biggest move that the Giants make? And I was like, okay, well, you know, Darren Ruff, they got J.D. Davis back. All right, well... Is date is JD Davis exciting? No, not really. But he's a local guy. He went to Elk Grove. He's from the Sacramento area. He he was a big prospect in the Met system. He had a big year a couple of seasons ago, and so maybe the Giants can try and unlock some of that. But at this point, it seems to me like the Giants are trying to you know find a way to just sure up a defense that has cost them a lot of runs because. They've been involved in more close games, it seems like, at least in recent weeks than at the beginning of the season. And if your defense is bad, if you're giving teams two, three, even more extra outs, oh yeah, you're in trouble. Uh, by the way, Mercedes, we know that the Giants love to platoon, and Mercedes, is he has been good against lefties. I think these were the numbers I was thinking of. His OPS plus against lefties is uh, 110. And, you know, 100 is average. So 110, he's been above average against lefties. Uh, 294, 321, 421 is uh, is slash line. So I'm a little surprised uh, that they uh, would do that. Maybe, is that does that mean Bryce Johnson then is going to get more uh, playing time? Well, we'll find out if, they, if he gets a chance to start today. It's a 1 o'clock first pitch, 107 first pitch at the Coliseum. Last game of the Baybridge series of the season. The Giants try and close out the A's here today. But we're going to close out the Giants conversation, come back, get into the 49ers and everything swirling around training camp. What will the Trey Lance experience be? If you want to chime in on the conversation, 888-957-9570. Whitey Gleason, Evan Giddings here on 95.7 The Game. We're back after this. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
Now back to 95.7 The Game. Well, I think we found it, Waddy. We found the Giants shortstop of the future. <laughs> we found him. And we're, you think? I, I think so. Trey Turner? Trevor Story? No, no. Aledmus Diaz. I was just looking at free agent shortstops. Bobby called about Trey Turner. I looked up free agent shortstops, and I thought there were better free agent shortstops available. But Aledmus Diaz is currently with the Astros. Will be available this offseason unless he comes to terms with the Astros before then. He is from Santa Clara, but he's from Santa Clara, Cuba. Um, and he's just a pretty solid, you know, he plays short, third, second. And you pointed out he was uh, really a good prospect with the Cardinals for a while. He's got a little bit of pop, but I just I look at that. He's a good player, not a star, but I just look at uh, Aledmis Diaz and I think, yep, that is that's. Farhan would be like, yeah, we're signing him. This He's office. a scrappy, strapping yeah. shortstop that can of positions. play everywhere. He yeah. can give you a little bit with the bat, platoon him, you know, a pinch hitter potentially late in games. Yeah. This is kind of where we're at with the San Francisco Giants. Coming mm-hmm. in and then opportunity. I mean, so this is like, all right, so the Dixon Machado signing, that was the last time we were together. He comes in, he obviously gets filtered out. Your mean Mercedes, as we just found out, in the last segment is getting options, so he's going from hitting cleanup to That's being still surprising. He's he's ha- struggling this month. I'm trying to figure out why why they did that. It's not it's hardly, you know, season altering or anything, but I thought you liked what he was giving you and I was like, all right. See you later. Well, that's what we've been trying to figure out the San Francisco Giants all yeah. season long, and yeah. we can't seem to do it. So hopefully Farhan has a plan in place. As he keeps saying, the patience, the process, they will eventually get to where they want to be. Brian, our producer, points out that Duggar got, uh, was he DFA'd by Texas? So maybe maybe they circle back and bring him back. Some sort of reunion. Could mm. absolutely use some defense in the outfield. Yeah. A lot of question marks surrounded the San Francisco Giants. and But maybe even a bigger question mark. Absolutely. I will say unequivocally a bigger question mark down in Santa Clara, which is where the San Francisco 49ers have been putting on training camp in Trey Lance, their quarterback of the future. And really just the biggest question, maybe even of the entire NFL offseason on the field. Of course, a lot going on legally with the Deshaun Watson case. But as far as what's going on on the field, the San Francisco 49ers have that question to answer. And Trey Lance maybe gave us a little bit of insight over the past couple of days. Not necessarily with, you know, how he's going to, you know, definitively be statistics. The 49ers are going to win 10 games, all this good stuff. But as far as being able to bounce back, that was a quality to me that Jimmy Garoppolo, for all of his shortcomings and all of his physical limitations, always had was if he threw an interception or made a back play, there was generally some sort of bounce back performance for him within a game. That is what Trey Lance did at training camp reportedly on Saturday, bit of a foreshadow after an oh so easy pick six, Jimmy Ward kind of gifted it to him. He bounced back and leads reportedly a 65 yard drive ends in a touchdown. I know it's training camp, but that quality of being able to bounce back was mm-hmm. one that Jimmy G had in, in spades. Now, Trey Lance, we're getting a bit of a glimpse of it. Are you sold? Yes, I am sold on Trey Lance. I think he's going to have a really good year, and I think he's going to have a fine career. To me, the the floor for him this year is around, you know, he's going to throw more interceptions than hopefully he will down the road. But as a rookie, he's going to have like 21 touchdowns. 
14 or more interceptions. And there's going to be moments where people are going to be, including the 49ers, going to be, oh, my goodness, what is he looking at? What's really interesting to me this week about Trey Lance is reading about how last year the finger injury affected his grip, affected the way he threw the football, which actually uh, impacted his arm a little bit. And so now he's back to they weren't able to show him some of the fundamentals about release and things like that because last year he he was uh, compromised. So he's learning all that, some of that anew. I get the sense that the 49ers, they're confident that he can – learn some of the learnable things but they also feel great that the things that you that are harder to teach about what a quarterback sees and what he recognizes and all oh, the ball goes there i think they feel really solid about that so that's one of the reasons i think they're so confident that unteachable things they feel like he's got that the other stuff he's going to come along i think it's going to take some time but i think he's going to have a really good year i i'm still i'm still waiting just because of the the uncertainty and the lack of of reps, which is why I personally want to see him play and why I think he needs to play as much as possible Come on. in the preseason. Come on. I mean, Wait, I'm talking what, halves what, wide. What, you, you want Nate Sudfeld to be your quarterback? You want him to get you want Trey Lance to get banged up as he did last year in the preseason? And then you you're at, okay, well, all right, Nate Sudfeld. It's a Nate Sudfeld era. Give him his reps in practice and in your scrimmages. Maybe he can play a half in the final preseason game. I don't think we're going to see a lot of Trey Lance, and I don't think we should, Evan. So in you're you're, you're thinking know. like, what, three quarters max in the preseason? Mm, not even. Less than that. Wow. Maybe two quarters in the last game. First game, and I know Craig was talking about this this week uh, with Shamari and Allen, and I agree with him. Maybe a series... Maybe two in the first game, same type of thing. Maybe, maybe a quarter. So yeah, I guess around three quarters. I'd say yeah, I would be very comfortable uh, with that. See, I feel like he needs as much on the field in-game experience as possible, just because he hasn't been able to play that much football in the last two seasons. And I know that last year, that's when he when he got hurt in preseason. He had you know the broken index finger and that kind of you know. Didn't didn't derail, but but hampered him all year. Yeah, I didn't realize that, but yeah, it did. And and the, and the report is now that he is he is fully healthy, and so that's why he's you know maybe looked a little bit better as far as his passing is concerned. But by the way, maybe that's one reason why they just kept running him against Arizona. Maybe Kyle Shanahan felt like he just can't. We don't want to say it, but he can't really grip the football very well right now. That's a good point. That that is a great point. Although he looked pretty good later in the season, being able to rip it down the field against Houston. So. You know, at least he, we know he can play through it. But I I just, I need to see, and, and maybe this is selfish, Whitey. This is selfish. It as, is. As I, I didn't want to say that, but it is. <laughs> I need to see as much as I can of Trey Lance just because I, th- there are all the reports of, of his, you know, physical capabilities and how, how great of a, you know, how strong of an arm he has and how great of an athlete he is, how hard of a worker he is. And, I just, I just want to see it on the field. Oh, I do too. But you know, there's also this: what he's going to face in the preseason. No matter how much he plays, it's going to be night and day from what he's going to see in the regular season, anyway. In terms of the coverages that he's facing, things like that. So I don't even know how much you benefit by playing him a lot in the preseason. Uh, he played last year against not a rookie, so I would be very comfortable with him. Playing just a little bit here, there, maybe a series. If it's a quick series, maybe another series. Uh, and I don't even know if I want him playing a whole half 
uh, in the final game. But that 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 would make sense. I think that's the best of both worlds. Obviously, there is the injury risk too, and you just that's football. And well, he could get hurt no matter what. Yeah, but is, there's a greater risk of him getting injured in a preseason game. So I don't think we need to see too much of him. But I'm very confident, no matter how much we see him, I think he's going to have a really solid year. I think he is too, but I think it's going to be slowly built and developed, and and kind of something that we tossed around last week was you know viewing. Shanahan through the prism of Trey Lance and how much he's going to trust his quarterback. And I think we'll find out in the preseason a little bit of where he's going to start come week one against Chicago because Trey Lance has, has sort of had some some slow starts in games. And this is why I would want to see him more and why I think he could benefit from having more preseason reps is because it always takes quarterbacks time usually, especially young ones, to get into a rhythm. And if you're giving Trey Lance a series here, a series there, maybe one or two, I just don't know if there's going to be enough time for him to get comfortable before it counts in the regular season. And especially behind an offensive line that, you know, all reports have have told us, you know, is kind of an experienced, a lot of guys outside of Trent Williams that, don't have many in-game reps themselves. And so I want to see him play behind that group, which it, they, they could be four or five turnstiles up front. They also could be four or five offensive linemen that really grow and develop throughout the year. And so I just want to make sure that there's at least you know some sort of floor that I can get a gauge on from the preseason entering week one because I, I, I do think it's important that Trey Lance also gets a, a fast and strong start to the season because as a young guy, if you fall behind the eight ball, you can get down on yourself, and that could affect the rest of the season. So whereas the 49ers got off to a bad start last season and sort of you know refound themselves and were able to finish the season strong, I think they need a strong start, a fast start to this season specifically for Trey Lance. As you said, one of the things that Jimmy has done well is he's shown the ability to bounce back after bad play. Another thing that he did well, and I know I've mentioned this a number of times, Jimmy gets the ball out quickly and on time, um, which is especially important when your offensive line is compromised. So that's one of the things I'll be looking for from Trey Lance. But I think with Trey, here's the whole thing. This is a bit of an oversimplification, but I think it comes down to this. And this, to a degree, is what it came down to with Jimmy and why Kyle Shannon ultimately felt like we can do better. When the 49ers run the ball well, um, as they should do this year, again, it sets up those shots downfield. Kyle Shanahan's offense, run, 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 and then we're going to have open receivers. We're going to have our shots. The quarterback has to hit them. You know, no one's going to hit everyone, but when the shots are there, you've got to take them and you've got to hit them. Jimmy, ultimately, I think there were too many times when, okay, we set it up. We set it up. There's the play. We got the open receiver, and he would throw a bad interception or he wouldn't be able to make the throw. I think ultimately that's why Kyle decided we're going to need somebody else at some point uh, if we're going to get as far as we want to get. So it's going to be a matter of with Trey Lance, can he make those throws? The 49ers, I believe, are confident that he can see them, he can recognize them. Can he get the ball out quickly enough? And can he, as he's learned a few new things, can he consistently, boom, hit those shots? He has to be able to do that for this offense to operate, and that's what I'll be watching for in the preseason. But I also don't know how much Shanahan is going to let him. I mean, he to me, 
Kyle's going to make Trey crawl before he can walk and make him walk before he can run, run before he can sprint. He's going to make him build every single step from the ground up. And that's why I'm curious what people think Trey Lance is, what the Trey Lance experience is going to be this season. 888-957-9570. And maybe the question is, what will be the Trey Lance inexperience? Because he doesn't have a lot of experience, especially at the NFL level. And especially in the last couple of seasons, he has not played that much football. And so what's going to be the most important part for Trey Lance to succeed? Is it going to be the offensive line? Is it going to be the running game? Is it going to be a great defense? Obviously, it's a combination of all those three. But to me, because I can't at this point count on the offensive line, just not knowing enough about the, the their own experience up front, to me, I'm looking at the defense now. And I'm looking at that defensive group, which has so much talent, has the potential to be a top five group in the NFL. I see a lot more 20 to 17 ball games between the Niners and their opponents, especially with Trey Lance behind center, than even games in the in the in the late twenties, early thirties. I think people expect Trey Lance just based on not being Jimmy Garoppolo to be able to put up points and make those big chunk plays. But I think Whitey, the the defense is going to have to win a lot more games this year than they did last year. Looks like the 49ers are more confident than they've been in many years in the quality of their secondary, the pass rush they expect to be dominant. So that's one reason why I think Trey Lance is going to have a good year because he's got all the things that a young quarterback uh, needs uh, to help him win games as he's learning everything, the running game and the defense. To your point about the offensive line, it's really interesting to hear Kyle Shanahan talk about that because it's one thing for you or I or somebody calling in to say, yeah, I've got some questions about the offensive line. When Kyle Shanahan says, as he did what week before last, whenever it was, when he says, eh, it's kind of musical chairs right now. <laughs> so it's clear he, he doesn't even really know um, with guys like Brendel playing center. It is interesting, and I, I think they're very encouraged by what they've seen from Burford at right guard this year. Uh, the, the rookie, he's taken all the snaps now at right guard, and they really like what they've seen. So fingers crossed that, okay, yeah, he can hold down that spot. But I want to go back to what I said a moment ago just to clarify about taking shots when when this offense sets up shots downfield. I'm not even talking just about the deep ball, but open receivers. I think Ayuk is primed to have a huge year. I think Danny Gray is the guy who's going to get open deep. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the preseason because he's really fast. We know what Debo and Kittle can do. So it's going to be a matter of in the preseason – can Trey Lance hit the open throws? Again, I'm not just talking about, can he hit the deep ball in terms of a shot? But when they set up a, a, a play where you've got an open receiver, be it the crossing route, wherever, can he consistently deliver the ball, make those throws? I think he can. That's what I'll be watching for most closely in the preseason. And I'm excited to see that relationship grow with Brandon Ayuk. I, yeah. do, I do wonder how it's going to affect the man who just got paid in Debo Samuel with his $58 million. Oh, he's a running back now. He's a yeah, wide back <laughs> hybrid. He's going to be coming out of the backfield if he wants the ball because they're all going to be going to Brandon Ayuk. No, I'm I'm serious. Like the reports this summer is that Ayuk and Lance for a second consecutive offseason were working out together. And at least in camp, it looked like and has seemed like Trey Lance has been the most comfortable throwing to Brandon Ayuk. And it doesn't seem like he's in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse anymore. Right. So 
in a weird way, Trey Lance is going to have, you know, quite a few options on the outside. And Brandon Ayuk is is a guy that, I mean, could kind of evolve and take this 49ers offense to the next level. Because last year, granted, I know people will say that Jimmy Garoppolo is the reason that, you know, the passing game wasn't super explosive. But it was really outside of, of Debo, kind of George Kittle. And he's not used each and every play in the passing game. So to have a second option or two options at this point, and Ayuk being, you know, wide receiver one-ish, 1A, that to me is going to be a a big safety blanket for a young quarterback that probably isn't going to be able to make those one, two, three progressions immediately out of the gate. Let me just say this. If Ayuk has a big year and he appears poised to do so, as you said, then I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, and a lot of people that talk about football on the radio even are going to owe Kyle Shanahan an apology. Because I remember last year it was Sermon, right? Sermon and Ayuk were, well, they're not playing. What's going on? Oh, they're in Kyle's doghouse. And a lot of people were really upset. What is Kyle Shanahan doing? He's always got these guys in the doghouse. And what is he doing? Doesn't he know how terrible that is for the development of these players? And to all of their credit, we never knew exactly what that was about. And obviously, that is something that should be kept in-house. But it was clear that he essentially was in the doghouse. Well, looks like maybe it worked, right? Looks like Ayuk responded to that. And now in camp, all reports are that not only is he playing well, but he's showing some leadership. So if he does become one of these leaders on this team, and he's showing young receivers how to go about their business, and he's responding to what he's getting from Fred Warner playing well, then I think a lot of people are going to owe Kyle Shanahan an apology on that front. I think they will, too, and and why I think Kyle also probably did the right thing in that situation last year to try and calm a, you know, not not a rookie, but a young guy, and a young guy who came up in a pandemic season where there was a lot of factors that made it difficult to, you know, kind of grow and, and figure out your identity. And he deserves most of the credit, by the way, of course. Ayuk does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. He's yeah. the one who made the adjustment, Um, and and nor did I really think that there was much of an issue at the time because there'd been no, you know, Ayuk hadn't been a, you know, a diva wide receiver at ASU or in, or in community college. He hadn't been a guy that was a trouble by any means. One of the also reasons I didn't think that the Debo Samuel deal with him, you know, asking for a trade, scrubbing his social media. To me, that was more of that. That's something you take into account for down the line, but I'm not judging him or, or labeling him a problem based off of that uh, a couple of updates for on the, on the giants front and one of the reasons that Jeremy mercedes as reported earlier was optioned to triple a sacramento uh, infielder tyro strada reinstated oh, yeah, from the sure. seven day il concussion mm-hmm. of course was hit in the head last weekend that's why they brought in dixon machado he is now back along with the new uh, cleanup hitter for the giants not named Jeremy mercedes brandon belt back in the fourth spot so the captain will be hitting fourth today the real captain against mm-hmm. the Oakland Athletics. And you say Webb's pitching for the uh, Logan Giants Webb. against, yep. uh, I mean, every time I look at Adrian Martinez. Yeah, okay. Bless him. Good for him. Uh, nice little maybe re-energizing for the Giants. Get a victory before they head down to uh, San Diego. Because that was pretty easy yesterday. Although it was 2-1. to one, Not to, you know, I don't want to give a short shrift to your race. It was a 2-1 to one ball game in the seventh inning. It was? An, and then, pew, pew. And then the home runs started coming yeah. in. And hopefully they continue today if you're a Giants fan. 
Uh, hope, if anyone's going to a game, by the if anyone is going to the game, by the way, feel free to call in 888-957-957. There, zero. there were 40,000 people at the Oakland Coliseum last night. By far a season high for them. And uh, Rodon got the start last night. Logan Webb on the bump tonight. I, I do think they are, as we finish up the segment here, I do think they are one of the better one-two punches in the league. I know the Giants have been underwhelming. Their pitching staff has been perceived to be underwhelming because of the inefficiencies of the bullpen. But there aren't too many better one-two spots at the top, especially righty-lefties are concerned, than Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon. I'm a little concerned about Logan Webb. It looks like of late, last few weeks, maybe he's wearing down a little bit, which happens. I think his effectiveness has uh, waned a little bit, and that that does happen. But you're right. The starting pitching for the Giants, I think, as you look at, and you know the Giants are like, what's wrong here? Well, that hasn't been a problem. Another thing as we talk about home runs, they've been very good. The Giants uh, starters have been very good about limiting the long ball, too. That, that, that Very good. And, yeah, and, so, and, and we'll see if Logan Webb can continue to do that today. We will continue to trudge on here on 95.7 The Game. We'll trudge? Get back. I, I'm having fun. I'm sorry you feel like you're trudging. I, man, because I, I'm having a good time. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. It rhymed with judge, and it's been on my mind <laughs> gotcha. all day long. Right. I'm hoping that we can find a way to get Aaron back to the Bay, as well as when we come back, back into the 49ers. Also going to discuss one of the most famous 49ers, Brian Young, and his very passionate Hall of Fame speech over this weekend. He is in the Hall of Fame. He has himself a yellow jacket, and the 49ers are trying to figure out maybe if they have another Hall of Famer on their current roster. That's what's coming up next here. Whitey Gleason, Evan Giddings on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 